Nelson, alcoholic addict. That is not my real name. That's the pen name that I use here for my newsletter. November 10th, 2008 is my sobriety date. Uh, so yesterday, November 10th, 2021 was 13 years clean and sober. So I'm going to allow you like 30 or 45 seconds now. Just clap. Clap for me. I'll, he I'll hear it from all over the world. Please go. In all seriousness, I, I, uh, I just cannot, I can't get over that number of 13 years. That's a long ass time, isn't it? I always get a little funky, even now with some sobriety under my belt. Like I get a little funky right before and right after an anniversary. And I always wonder why, like what, what's going on here? And I think it's because that day has so many messy strings attached to it. It's, it's like a funeral and a birth at the same time. Like the days leading up to November 10th, 2008, they were the worst days of my life. And the days afterward, they were the start of something that's great. That's like the most important comeback story in my life. And so, yeah, it, it can feel a little bit like I'm eating a spoonful of sugar and then salt and then sugar again and then salt. Um, but ultimately, that date, is it's like a beam of light shooting up from the ground. It really is. That's the day I found a new, new way of life. In the beginning, that new way of life was just, it was just freedom from not getting plastered all the time. And it, it, at the time, it was really freaking hard to get drugs and alcohol, to consume the drugs and alcohol, to hide the drugs and alcohol, to try not to throw up the drugs and alcohol, and then get rid of the evidence and then attempt to function so that people didn't know I had consumed so many drugs and alcohol. And then, like, at the end of the day, I had to start plotting how to do it the next day again. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, I have a friend who says being an active addict was a full-time job. And I already had a freaking full-time job. You know, that was me. So when I got sober, not having to do that, seven days a week. It was very nice early on. It was enough to keep me going. Um, and it opened me up to, it opened me up to the world again after many years of hiding alone, you know, in plain sight. But recovery is, it's like one of those infomercials, you know, at the end they're like, but there's more, you know, then they throw in an extra spatula for, for free. In this case, the, the extra spatula was, it's what happened for me when the cravings calmed down. You know, it took about three months, maybe a little bit longer, 90 days, 100 days, something like that. But I started to look around and realize that I had stripped away all of the bad stuff, you know, the really, really serious bad stuff, like the drink, the actual drinking and drugging, gone, lying, stealing, cheating, like all of that stuff. I got, I got rid of that. I stopped doing that. It was all gone. But like, what was what was left? You know, I was 31 years old and I found myself asking, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? And that's about the time I got to the fifth step. And the fifth step came along at the perfect, really the perfect time. I, I shared a very intimate fourth step with my sponsor where I went through all of my resentments and what they affected what part of me was affected. And then also my role, what role did I play in my anger? And it was very personal and very hard. And at the end, he, he said I did a good job. And he said he, he looked at me and he said, I love you. And I was caught off guard and I awkwardly blurted out, I love you too. But then I said, you know, I, I, feel, like, I feel like if we're going to love each other, I should know your last name maybe. 
And he got a good laugh out of that. And he told me his last name. <laughs> and he made a joke about how, you know, this isn't a one-night stand. I'm here for you. And something clicked that day about recovery. It was the idea that I, I had a choice where I went from there. Like I could, I could go to a few meetings every week, make a call or two, read some stuff once in a while. Probably, and I probably wasn't going to drink or do drugs. Um, that I that would have probably kept me physically sober. But there was that next level that was really intriguing to me, and it was the idea of emotional and spiritual sobriety on top of just not drinking. Like, what would my life look like? with that. And the important thing is the thing I figured out is it it's it wasn't that hard to make that jump, you know? I had to I had to make sobriety a lifestyle rather than like a side hobby, you know? And I but I I didn't need to become a monk or even go to a meeting every single day or I didn't need to do any of that. I needed to start spending some time outside of meetings with sober people. Uh I like doing it. And, and then on weekends, I'd read some recovery literature, even though nobody, nobody told me I had to. I wasn't trying to pass a class. Uh, I started looking at going to recovery picnics and other gatherings. And I started making a few more phone calls to sober people every week. And that's all it took. You know, that's not a crazy investment. But, man, the returns on that investment are incredible, that's things started to really turn around for me. You know, there's that old joke about how there's two parts to sobriety. One, getting your marbles back, and then two, getting to play with them. And, you know, that was the second part for me. Is like, what am I gonna do now that I <laughs> now that I'm not passed out in the corner every day? Like what where do I want to go in life? And I've I've heard I've heard some people misconstrue that whole line of thinking a little bit because um, you know, that like sobriety's like joining a cult or something like that. And I I get it, man. I mean, like we listen, we all stand around at the end of meetings and we hold hands and we say prayers. And so so sure, I guess like if you just took a picture of that, you'd be like, "Oh, look at that cult." Um I remember I had a guy many years ago who was really struggling with drugs and alcohol and he said, "You know, I sorry, I just don't think 12-step programs are for me. You know, it feels like brainwashing." And another sober friend was standing there, and he didn't say it directly to the guy, but when the guy walked away, he said to me, um, you know, he chuckled a little bit, and he said, to, hey, don't you think our brains could use a little washing? <laughs> so on this glorious day for me, a day I'm really proud of, I worked really hard to get sober and stay sober. Um, this was a day, I mean, this day is the first day of a new chapter in my life. I'm still thinking about that brainwashing thing. You know, recovery didn't brainwash me. That's a little strong. But, like, sobriety has scrubbed my mind a little bit and made the bed and emptied the trash can, sprayed a little air freshener in the room. And so let's call let's we won't call it brainwashing. Let's call it a brain scrubbing. And so I needed a brain scrubbing. I continue to need a brain scrubbing. And, uh, I'm a big fan of the scrubbing <laughs> that I have gone through in recovery. So thank you so much for letting me share. Uh, and I wish you well. And thanks. <laughs>